Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show as we recap NFL Sunday and get you set for Monday Night Football. I can't think of a better place here in town to check out Monday Night Football, especially because Capital Ale owns the late night. Yeah, take advantage of that late night menu here at Cap Ale. I always do. I love the wings. I think I'm feeling a burger today. The fries are delicious. And uh, also, people sleep on broccolini. I mean, my goodness, Stub. Broccolini, one of my favorite vegetables out there. It is so much better than broccoli. <laughs> broccolini just destroys uh, broccoli. This right, is new to fact. me. I don't know what this is. Oh, really? All right, I'll try to bring some home today, uh, and then you can maybe try it on air. To me, it's just uh, it tastes like butter. You know how Michael Phillips was talking about escargot? They just drench it in butter. They do the same thing with broccolini. It, it's bit, hardly a vegetable and more just tastes like butter. It's amazing. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. I'll be honest with you guys. That commander's defeat to the Chicago Bears – it really tore me and tore me apart inside. It really did. I have no faith in this team. I have no faith in this team to now beat the Atlanta Falcons. And that's the question of the day here on the Richmond Commander. Do you believe that the Commanders can turn it around and beat Atlanta this Sunday? It's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. I just don't believe. I don't believe that this defense can stop anyone. I don't believe this offensive line, this offensive line can give Sam Howell enough time in the pocket to find his receivers. I don't think that offensive line can block enough for for Brian Robinson Jr. to have a good game. Our defensive line isn't going to be able to stop B. John Robinson. I'm going to listen to Michael Phillips all week and his positivity Monday through Friday from 10 to noon and see if he can talk me into a victory. But I'm so down on the Commanders. Thursday night fright. Just get your butts whooped on national television. You give up 40 points to the Chicago Bears. And I think the Falcons are a much better football team. And they looked solid this weekend as Desmond Ritter had his best NFL game, the quarterback out of Cincinnati. 833-804-0910. Do you believe the Commanders can turn it around against the Falcons? 833-804-0910. The reason that I'm so down on this team is that every year, every year, it feels like the Commanders follow the same script with head coach Ron Rivera. And that is starting the season slow, starting game slow, starting Everything slow. It's a slow burn, and boy, does it sting the Rivera era. Each year, the Commanders get on a win streak at the end of the season and believe they're a playoff team only to falter time and time again. Check out this stat. In Ron Rivera's career here in Washington, that team, the Commanders, has trailed or been tied at halftime in 73% of the games that he's coached. Only 27% of the time has this team had a halftime lead. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. Washington has trailed or been tied at half 41 of 56 games. 73%. 56 games he's coached Washington. And they've only had a lead at halftime in 15 of them. That tells me it's all coaching. He does not inspire anybody. Not at all. The most uninspiring football I've ever watched. 
on Thursday night. And then you know what? So we know he didn't have a good pregame speech because they came out flat and let the Bears score 17 points. And then he literally told reporters that he had nothing to say at halftime. He didn't speak. He let the players talk. And so that's why I wonder if Josh Harris should make a move. Because what is Ron Rivera being paid to do? Any other owner around the NFL would have fired Ron Rivera at the end of last season with that debacle of going back to Carson Wentz and blowing it to the Cleveland Browns. A team that was 7-5 and five and didn't get into the postseason because they finished 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. That's fireable offense right there. You're the evaluator of talent. You evaluated a terrible quarterback in Carson Wentz stunk with him in the beginning of the season, and then went back to him in the most important game of the season. You're a terrible head coach. You don't inspire people. Your draft picks aren't hitting. I don't understand what he's doing here. So here's my final take from the commander's embarrassing loss Thursday Night Football at home to the winless Bears, and that is if you're upset with anything Eric Bieniemy's done or you're talking about Sam Howell as the problem, you're not watching the same football team that I am. You're not watching the same football games that I'm watching because all season long this offense has scored points outside of the Bills game where he made four mistakes and Antonio Gibson fumbled as well. This team has scored 20, 35, 30, and 20. And I take it back to the last season and I say this is an offense under Scott Turner and terrible quarterback play that scored 18 points per game, 18.9 points per game, and somehow won eight games. So all offseason we said, well, if the offense is slightly better, slightly improved, the defense will win us games. And that's just not the case right there. The offense has had issues. Sam holds on to the ball too much. Yes, they're improving week to week through rook, you know, working through some rookie mistakes. They're not the problem. Far from the problem. It's the defense. The defense can't stop anyone. They can't stop anyone. They're not playing inspired football at all. They're not creating turnovers. The defensive line that's being highly paid uh, to do stuff is doing nothing. They're not playmaking at all. So what's so frustrating for me is that that was a, not a, just a bad loss, but it was a terrible performance from start to vision, start to finish on national television against not only a winless team, but a team currently on a 14-game win streak. And that's so bad that I don't think the commanders can recover from this, especially facing off against a Falcons team that's hungry and they're at home in Atlanta. This is a nightmare scenario once again for Washington because our defensive line can't stop anyone on the ground. And they've got two good running backs, Tyler Algier and the rookie, Bijan Robinson, who has been incredible. He's got these jump cuts that I just know he's going to jump cut past Kendall Fuller. He's going to jump cut around Montez Sweat. He's going to destroy us on the ground. We're coming off the worst loss of the Rivera era, which was also coming off what I called the most heartbreaking loss of the Rivera era the week before, right? And so in the span of five days, you have two losses, and it's just put together because Ron Rivera's decision-making. Ron Rivera should have gone for two against the Philadelphia Eagles. When you take a look and you say, oh, yeah, moral victory, but then you lose on Thursday night, and you come out and you put up a stinker. That tells me that they should have gone for two because they used all their energy. They, the gas tank was on empty against that Eagles team, and they had nothing on Thursday night. Nothing. The commanders have allowed opponents to score on 56.6% of their possessions. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Think, think about that for a second. Anytime the opposing team gets the football, more than 50% of the time, they're scoring either a field goal or a touchdown. Well, teams are going to touch the ball probably 10 times a game, right? 
So if you hold them to a field goal 50% of the time, you're still giving up way too many points. This defense is giving up basically 36 points per game. And we think an offense with a young quarterback and a bad offensive line and playmakers like Jahan Dotson that have disappeared, right? We think we're going to win games like that? No, not at all. So personally, I think Josh Harris should make a move. Now, I think he wants to sit back and be a fly on the wall and do nothing. But to me, the honeymoon phase is over now. After Magic Johnson fired off that tweet, he's pissed off. You get embarrassed on Thursday Night Football, embarrassed on national television. I'm not sure you can sit back and say, yeah, we'll wait till next year. All right, because next year, Eric Bieniemy might have offers to be a head coach somewhere else. You know, next year, uh, you might lose a, a bunch of free agents in the offseason. So the move might be right now. If you want to create some positive momentum moving forward, you might have to do something. Because I have a, I have a feeling, I have a hunch that Atlanta is going to embarrass us again next Sunday. Because that is a good football team that's moving in the right direction with a young head coach. Ron Rivera is such a dinosaur. The game has passed over him. All right, He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He doesn't know when to challenge plays. He doesn't know when to go for it. I mean, look at that game against Washington, uh, I mean, against the Chicago Bears, where Sam Howell goes 12 yards to set up a fourth and two, and you decide to kick a field goal after you had just listened to the analytics and said, yeah, we're going to go for two. You went from a 24-point deficit to 16 to 13. That's stupid because you went from three possessions to two to also two. My math tells me they should have gone forward on fourth down. Every smart coach would have gone forward on fourth down. Ron Rivera doesn't know what he's doing. I, I took 100 calls on Saturday on WJFK and DC, and everyone said the same thing. We can't call him Riverboat Ron anymore. This is Paddleboat Ron. This is Ron on the last leg of his career here just coming up with nothing. I mean, my goodness. He had nothing to say to his team at halftime. You can't inspire them before the game. You can't inspire them at halftime. All of your draft picks have missed. You openly admitted that you didn't evaluate Sam Howell because you thought you should have been playing him last year when you realized how talented he was. What are you doing, Ron Rivera? What are you being paid to do? Because to me, you're cashing a paycheck week after week after week just to mumble, just to mumble at the press conference and make excuses. He's got excuses for everyone else, but nothing for himself here and for the fact that his team came out and stunk it up on Thursday Night Football after a heartbreaking loss to the Eagles, I don't know that there's any bouncing back from this. I, I think they're going to lose to the Falcons now. I, I feel like this is a team that's going to get blitzed by the New York Giants. The Eagles are going to win by 30. Cowboys are going to beat us twice. Are we going to end up as a team that wins just four or five games this season, or are we going to turn it around? I think the only way to turn it around is to let somebody go. Either Jack Del Rio or Ron Rivera. you got to put a fire under these players' butts, and Ron Rivera is just not doing that. He's the most uninspirational coach of all time. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fans. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Look, the Commanders are coming off of a 40-20 to loss to the Chicago Bears, and I, I believe this was the, the worst loss of the Rivera era. Uh, there's a lot to choose from, honestly. He's had, he's had quite a few stinkers uh, in the past, but, man, that one just hurt me so much. One, because 
I decided to have a watch party. I thought it was a guaranteed victory after against the winless Bears. We had won that game last year on Thursday night with terrible quarterback play from Carson Wentz. But uh, uh, just a terrible defeat, and I'm calling it the most embarrassing loss of the Rivera era. Do you believe Washington can bounce back from that defeat? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Let's go to the phone line. Here it looks like we've got Charlie in Lakeside. Charlie, you're on the fan. Hey, thanks for taking What's... my call. Long time listener. First time. Well, that's it. I'm the second time caller. So I don't think, I really don't think they can get anywhere unless they fire Ron Rivera. I've been watching the, I've been watching the Washington team play since 1972, 1971. This might be the worst, most pathetic game I ever saw in my life with them in it. Okay, my wife's a Bears fan, sitting right beside me. She couldn't believe it. I couldn't either. I, 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 beside, look at let me. This is this is the way I feel about Ron Rivera. I think that he can make our team respectable, respectable, you know, just eventually. But as far as a motivator, he's kind of like Noah Turner. I don't think he can motivate me into eating a ham sandwich. <laughs> much less anybody else on that team. So with that said, if they don't fire somebody, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're just going to go right down the tubes. Yeah. Charlie, let me ask you a question, all right, because I, I believe in a normal ownership situation, he would have been fired last year, and in a normal ownership situation, you could even fire him a- after five weeks. That was so embarrassing. But if we take a step back and we think about it, Josh Harris has a tough task here because – he doesn't want to be viewed as Dan Snyder. He doesn't want to be viewed as the devil. As the devil. So do you think it's smart for him to make a move right now, or should he sit back and say, hey, let's just you know hold our judgment for the end of the season, and then we'll clean house and get rid of everyone? Well, I understand what you're saying. That's probably what he's leaning towards doing more than anything else. If anything, I think he should talk to Ron and tell him to fire Jack Del Rio and get somebody yeah. in, 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 in his place. Yeah, no, it's a good point because defensively uh, this team has taken three steps back. Uh, You know, this was a defense last year that was top ten in a ton of categories. They were number one in third down defense. We can't get off the field now at all. So, Charlie, you're not feeling good about this Sunday against the Falcons, are you? You know, I think (laughs) – tell you what I think. If we play well enough so that we don't see you-know-who come in – in the second half and, and beat us, I think we can win. But if Taylor Honeycutt has to come in, he's going to come in and beat us. I, I know he is. It's going to be like the worst nightmare ever. Yeah. No, it's a good point, man. I appreciate you calling. Thanks a lot. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Yeah, I really was convinced before the season that it would be the Taylor Heineke revenge game and he would destroy us. And I do think if he gets into the game, you know, with his awareness of our defense, he knows our defensive players can make mistakes. You know, the Heineke magic, we saw it all of last season. If Heineke plays, I think he's going to keep, the, you know, plays alive by dancing past Chase Young, Jerron Payne, and throwing it deep. But if you look at this Atlanta Falcons team this season, like like this season, and look, I'm not a Falcons fan, so I'm not fully plugged in on their situation, but they started the season 2-0. and And at that point, I said, even if they lose the next three games, I still don't think they're going to quit on Desmond Ritter because the situation with Desmond Ritter is kind of like Sam Howell where he never really got to take over that offense 
last season. It was Marcus Mariota for the most part. So this is basically his rookie season. I think they're going to give him the whole year. And now you're coming off of a win against the Texans where he just had his best game of his career, 329 yards on 28 of 37 attempts. They're going to roll with Ritter for the rest of this season. So unless he suffers an injury, you're going to have Ritter against Howell instead of Heineke uh, against Howell. Um, and so now we look at the commander's perspective here. And look, this is, a, this is an Atlanta team here that can run the ball. They can certainly run the ball. So it's going to come down to Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young. Those boys have to be embarrassed about what – took place on Thursday night, and they've got to respond. It's not going to be up to the coaching staff. Jack Del Rio, it's not like he's going to make any adjustments. He never changes. That's why he's hacked Del Rio. He only sends four guys. Ron Rivera's not going to inspire anyone. It's up to the players. It's up to the players to respond this Sunday. They need to have a conversation in the locker room, closed doors, without Ron Rivera, without Jack Del Rio, and just say to each other, look, do we believe in ourselves? Because we need to respond from last Sunday's defeat here in a major way, and it would just be so typical of the Redskins to b- destroy the Atlanta Falcons, to hold them to you know three points from the for the entire game, to have our defense look like a top five unit again. That would be just so Redskins uh, for that to happen. Offensively, I need Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy to bounce back from that performance on Thursday night. I have no problem with them throwing fifty five times. You know what? They're trying to win. They're playing every snap like it gives them a chance to win. And how do you win games in the NFL? You throw the ball. With that being said, though, you got to respond from that and find a way to get Brian Robinson involved and run the ball. It's going to be the battle of the Robinsons. Bijan for Atlanta, Brian Robinson Jr. for Washington. I think whichever team can establish the ground game, win the line of scrimmage, is going to win this game. Uh, unless our secondary just doesn't show up again and, and we get an, uh, like a DJ Moore type performance uh, from someone on, on the Atlanta Falcons. And so it, it, that's what I think it's going to come down to here. Who wins at the line of scrimmage? Who's able to run the ball successfully? And which defense shows up to play here? Uh, it should be a lower-scoring game here. Uh, but, man, I, I'm, I'm just not feeling good about it. You know, I'm a homer, of course, that by by Friday I'll probably be singing the commander's praises and saying they'll win by double digits. But right now, after that embarrassing performance on Thursday night, and the Atlanta Falcons have all the momentum, Young Hoku nails the walk-off field goal to propel the Falcons past the Houston Texans. Houston's not a terrible team. So Atlanta coming off of a decent win with a score 14 points in the fourth quarter to secure the victory there. Ritter had his best performance. Bijan Robinson's making one-handed catch catches. Kyle Pitts, they had a Kyle Pitts showing. It seems like he hasn't done anything all year long. Now he shows up with seven catches for 87 yards. We know the Commanders are not going against tight ends. I am so worried about this game this Sunday. Uh, I'm going to need Michael Phillips to talk me into a victory here because I am just worried about my commanders. I don't know how you can be excited after that Thursday night disaster. It was so bad. The worst loss of the Rivera era, and I think you could even take it back farther than that and say it was the worst loss since the Monday night massacre when Michael Vick and the Eagles came to town and put up 56 points on the Washington Redskins at that time. Phone lines are open, 833 804 
833-804-0910. We'll go around the NFL and give you my winners and losers of the week. Plus, Benjamin Brown will join the show and preview Monday Night Football at 2 p.m. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I'm broadcasting live from Capitol Alehouse here in Innsbruck, as you can catch me here every Monday throughout the NFL season, recapping local college football games, talking commanders, and get you guys set up for Monday night football. And look, I hate to be a negative Nancy, especially here on a Monday. I'm well aware that people don't listen to the radio to get down on their football team. They want to be uplifted. They want to feel like their team has a chance. But I'm being honest with y'all. I'm so down on this football team. I'm always high on them. I'm a homer. I always feel like we have a chance. But honestly, I could see a 10-game losing streak happen. You're on a three-game losing streak right now. You're at Atlanta. They're playing well. At New York. Home against the Eagles. They're undefeated. Then at New England. At Seattle. New York again. At Dallas. First Miami. I mean, my goodness. At the beginning of the season, how did I pick this team to win nine games? It just doesn't make sense now looking at the schedule. And you know what? The NFL screwed us. We only have eight home games. There's 17 games this year. How do we not have a ninth? How do we get screwed? Is it because we're not going to Germany? Is it because we're not going to London? Ugh, I'm so down on the commanders right now. Joining me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can hear him on Grant and Danny Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30. It's Danny Ruye. What's going on, funny Danny? What do you say, my friend? I'm not trying to pile on, buddy. I know what it's like. I've been there for decades because I'm obviously much older than you. But how's your Giants pick to win the division look? And I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, dude, I (laughs) empathize with you. All right? I know the hopelessness. Here's the thing. you got to look at the patterns. Look at how this thing takes shape. We thought for a split second, our fault for believing, just even for a microsecond, that Ron Rivera, a guy that's overmatched, frankly, could turn this thing in the right direction. I looked up a quote, by the way, uh, this morning from one of the introductory you know, articles, press conferences and the like, where he said, I don't have the patience for a long rebuild. I want to start winning right now, which is just so ironic. Thinking about that we're in year four of whatever the hell this is, where we haven't built or rebuilt or unbuilt or gone sideways or whatever. It's just the endless hamster wheel of nonsense. But here's what he does. His teams start off poorly, one and four, two and three, one and four, now two and three again uh, over the course of his time. Then in the middle chunk of the season, they play better. They've done that each year. So whether it's you know going back to a, a style of just handing the ball off and checking it down with a very limited quarterback, or the defense picks it up, they make some kind of adjustment, move Landon Collins into this uh, you know hybrid Buffalo nickel role or bench William Jackson or something happens, they're going to play better. And then we'll end up in that seven and ten, eight eight and one nonsense. And that to me is enough. I, I don't want to be on this ride anymore. I watched San Francisco play last night. They don't have a first-round pick each of the last three seasons, and the guy that they did pick is on the bench in Dallas. And they're awesome. They're great at everything, and their quarterback is basically you or me, plucked out of anonymity, just throwing to wide-open people all the time as they are just annihilating people. Maybe injuries happen and they fall off, but they're the best-built team in the NFL. That's what it's supposed to look like when you have a dirt-cheap quarterback. You shrug your shoulders because you don't have Pat Mahomes. Nobody else gets to have Pat Mahomes either. Everybody else is jealous. They're going to compete every year in Kansas City as long as those two guys, Reed and Mahomes, are there. But that San Francisco team, that's doable, and we're not close to that, and it's blood boiling. Do you think that Josh Harris and the new ownership group should make a move 
before the end of the season. We're all expecting them to clean house when it's all said and done, but through five weeks, if he's really listening to the fan base and has a pulse on the fan base, they all want Ron or Jack Del Rio gone right now. It's a great question. To me, it's limited upside, right? Because ultimately the person that is going to be making the real decisions for the future of this franchise doesn't work for them yet. You know what I mean? Like the smartest, sharpest general manager minds who are, you know, have, have a cohesive view where one move makes sense because it corresponds with the next move and the next move and the next move. And you have an underlying core philosophy about who you are now and where you want to be. And that's not what Ron Rivera and the, and the guys that report to him are. It's, uh, you know, the right hand doesn't seem to know what the left hand is doing, despite the fact that, you know, they're all in it together. So that's been frustrating. Um, but to me, it's, it's, you know, rearranging deck chairs, honestly. They need a house cleaning. Anything that was a Dan Snyder structure, appointee, et cetera, needs to be power washed out of this place. You do it in week seven. You do it in, you know, at the five minutes after the final whistle, after week 18. doesn't really matter to me as long as we get to that same result, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and Ron Rivera still has the stench of the Dan Snyder era, and Thursday night smelled like the Dan Snyder era. It was poop on TV. Uh, am I crazy to believe that if you gave Eric Bieniemy the reins and let him be the whole head coach, that he would inspire offense and defensively for this team to play better? So you know, it's one of those things where the people put the cart before the horse an awful lot. There was a very common theory. I don't know if I want to call it a conspiracy theory or not, because I, 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 don't, I don't know uh, that it's that fringe, but everybody sort of thought that at some point, you know, Rivera would be canned and Bieniemy would take over and it would be this glorious thing for a guy that, you know, got passed over countless amounts of times for other head coaching gigs for, you know, whatever reason. You could, you could point to uh, whatever you'd like in that regard. I'm not here to legislate that, but that was a common theory. We have no idea. We've seen a, a decent sample from Eric Bieniemy when it comes to, you know, designing offense and figuring out, uh, you know, the best thing to do for Sam Howell and, and otherwise. But it's not as if it's been so unbelievably good that you realize that, oh, my God, everybody made this enormous mistake when they're talking about the enemy. This is somebody that Andy Reid was willing to let go. They were going to have Matt Nagy go back and be the coordinator. He, he obviously wanted the enemy to succeed somewhere else. And this is kind of the best path for that was to take a, a neophyte, a fledgling uh, quarterback, an offense that hasn't been good for, you know, for the better part of the last you know, half decade and kind of you know, rejuvenate them and get them back into the upper tiers of the NFL. Well, they're not close to that right now. They're okay. They're middling. There have been some good moments, certainly. But how does Jahan Dotson have less catches than Jake Ferguson? Explain that to me. You can't, right? I mean, so there, there's certain some things where you're going, yeah, the quarterback's about to be sacked for an NFL record number of times. What, what adjustments are being made? How is he being coached? So it's not as if that the enemy has been perfect. And by the way, I'm glad he's here. I'm rooting for him. I like Eric Bieniemy an awful lot. I like the accountability that he's brought. But it's not as if you found the next great one, right, who's already in your building. It's not as if it's Mike McDaniel or Kyle Shanahan or somebody that is such a high-level offensive genius that you can't simply live without him being in your organization. I'm not there yet. Could he get there? Absolutely. But you need a lot more good sample than they, than they put in the bank so far. Yeah, I think my take is just simply, though, when I hear Eric Bieniemy speak, all right, and I get it, the offense hasn't been unbelievable. It's been a step above last year, slightly, slightly, but it's been better than last year. But in, when I hear him speak, he sounds like a head coach. He sounds like a guy yep. that takes responsibility for his mistakes and the team's mistakes. He sounds like a leader of men, which is not what Ron Rivera is right now. Danny, what are your thoughts on Chase Young? He's first in the team with pressures, second in sacks, uh, tied for second with QB hits, and he missed a game. He, he's actually been yep. making a real big impact. He's been way better than I thought. And I'll raise my hand. I was wrong. 
I thought this was going to be one of those continuous problems, and we were, you know, headed for a messy, ugly divorce, and you know, it may yet happen. But I, I again, I, I'm at this point completely wrong in my assessment of what he was going to be and what his impact was going to be. This is a guy that I frankly just didn't think it had any, had any pass rushing moves and was more concerned with his own celebrity than with being a good football player. And through three games or four games, rather, as you mentioned, he's been really good. And again, I, I was completely wrong in my assessment there. So it's been a pleasant surprise. Certainly, you could have used more from him, not just him, but from everybody, from Sweat, from Allen, from Payne, uh, as well as Chase Young in those games against really good offenses, a.k.a. Philadelphia and Buffalo. You know, they kind of disappear there against good offensive lines. That's when you need those highly compensated first-round picks to not, not just be good, but to take over games because that's how the team's designed. It's a flawed design, but that's who they are and, and where they are right now. But overall, big picture, Adam, I thought he would end up with three-and-a-half sacks, James Smith-Williams style, for the season. The fact that he's already where he is speaks volumes to, you know, again, how wrong I was about him, his character, and kind of what he's been up to, uh, you know, since kind of coming back for a game or two last season. I've been blown away by how effective he's been. Yeah, it's been a nice bright spot. I will say he still seems to be doing his own thing, which I think is pissing off Jack Del Rio. Like he goes to the inside or he doesn't contain the outside with Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. But he's definitely making a positive impact more than some negative plays. So the team has 10 days to rest now before facing off against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, October 15th at 1 p.m. in Atlanta. And I just think it would be just so Redskins to win this game like 40 to 20. And then all of a sudden, everyone's jumping <laughs> back on the bandwagon for this team. <laughs> yeah, it, by the way, it, now you're getting it. That's the DNA, right? So the, the, the D.C. Uh, <laughs> sort of sports mantra, pre-Capitals 2018, pre-Nationals 2019, is basically look awful, then rebound slightly to give you a renewed sense of hope, only to have that crashed once again. It's a special kind of uh, you know, uh, purgatory slash hell that DC sports tends to put you in. So as low as everyone is, you almost kind of wish they would just go on that streak that you were talking about in a bad way, put everyone out of their misery, but they will be just enough. Remember they were seven, five and one last year. They went on a six, one and one stretch and controlled their own destiny only to just poo in the still only just a giant fart noise down the stretch where they couldn't beat the giants that Cleveland debacle and all the rest. We know the story, right? That's the Washington special. That's what this organization has always done. They handle prosperity like I handle carbohydrates. Like, just, it's not a good match. It's bad. <laughs> they can't get right. Whenever something good happens, there has to be a violent, terrible shove backwards. And, and that's kind of been the staple. Not just Rivera, but the entire, you know, dec several decades, really, since Joe Gibbs left the first time. Yep, two steps forward, three steps back from 2-0 and to 2-3. and That's Danny Ruye. Follow him on social media. At Funny Danny, what you guys got coming up on the show today? So we're going to go hard with this idea that, that, you know, San Francisco is so good, they're so well-built, and yet they, haven't, they somehow haven't spent first-round draft picks on defense six of the last seven years. They're great, and Washington is not. Also got to talk about, uh, you know, John Allen was on the Junkies this morning, and he spoke about uh, who spoke at halftime. Remember that Ron Rivera quote where he's like, I, I didn't sign anything to him, I really did, and I let them talk to each other, okay? Well, who spoke? We now know that Jack Del Rio is one of the guys <laughs> that spoke which is fascinating, right? That's the guy with the plan that's allowed, I don't know, 400 yards of offense to two receivers by putting their kid quarterback corner out on an island for a couple of weeks. So peculiar things are, are afoot there in terms of leadership and who's really in charge. Hey, everything's cool because we won the third quarter, right? That's all it takes. You don't need to win four quarters. Just win one. Yay. Just win one. <laughs> 
Third quarter, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. You got it, brother. Be well. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every Commanders game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, and we've got all this great local programming from the Junkies from 6 to 10, Michael Phillips from 10 to noon. I take over from 12 to 3 before we pass it off to Danny Ruye, who you just heard, and Grant Polson, Grant and Danny, from 3 to 6.30. Every Commanders game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, though, with a pregame show and a two-hour postgame show. And this just in from Jacina Anderson. All right, She has been a longtime NFL reporter. She's an insider right now with CBS Sports. And it's a bit long, but uh, take a listen here. With the Commanders coming off a 40-20 to loss last week to the Bears on Thursday Night Football, Anderson writes, I'm told as of today, managing partner Josh Harris's perspective is to continue to allow things to play out when it comes to potential staff decisions. At this time, per source, Harris is a seasoned sports owner who is viewed internally as generally patient. I'm told one of Harris's biggest concerns now, though, is the impact an emotional national televised loss may have on ticket sales. That's a great point. That's exactly what I was talking about on Friday, she says, which always has to be taken into account, too, separately. When it comes to any decisions on defensive coordinator, there's an internal impression that Ron Rivera would prefer to allow things to play out. Rivera's relationship with Jack Del Rio goes back a while as well. A natural choice to potentially look into the past, Chris Harris, commander's debate coach from 2020 to 2022, is now the Titans uh, cornerbacks coach which factors into the equation moving forward as well. She goes on to say, My understanding overall is that Josh Harris does welcome console from other owners and also understands that early searches can be beneficial if he elects to go that route, but moves like that customarily occur closer to the beginning of the coaching carousel. Now, while I'm told some of the other limited partners have their own thoughts, and you can read between the lines there. Of course, she's talking about Magic Johnson's tweet, how he was embarrassed with the uninspirational in, uh, effort on Thursday night. We'll see how things settle as the season evolves, but there is still time for better results. But the clock is ticking. And I'm, I'm so glad that Justina Anderson reports that and that there is rumbling from Josh Harris' camp that he's not happy. Because that was the, that was a topic of conversation on Friday. The junkies, in particular, were upset the fact that Josh Harris was smiling and laughing as this team was getting blown out by 20 points on national television. And that's why I said I believe that the honeymoon phase ended Thursday. You know, Josh Harris still thought it was the Burgundy and sold party, and that all he had to do was take over ownership and everyone be, would be happy. Well, that was the case for a while until this team went below 500, and the team went from two and zero for the first time to since 2011 to 2 and 3 once again a slow start in the Rivera era and the fan base wants him gone and so that report tells me that Josh Harris is listening to the fan base all right that he does have have a pulse on the fan base and he understands that something had to come out that he's not happy with this and it's it makes perfect sense that he's worried about ticket sales you had 3 home games get sold out this season there's only 5 more 
The team's got to make some money. How do they make the money? They get that game sold out. They get people buying merchandise. And nobody wants to spend a dollar after that embarrassing performance on Thursday night. So I'm glad that I'm hearing that report. It's very interesting that I believe they want to move on from Jack Del Rio. The ownership group does. The problem is Rivera's too loyal to him. And I think that's going to be the case, is that Rivera's going to say, hey, you want to get rid of Jack Del Rio? you got to get rid of me too. And he's going to basically force Josh Harris to make a move that he doesn't want to make. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Looks like my dad called in on the hotline. What's going on, Dad? Mike, Hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, you sound pretty good. So what do you think of that, man? Would you like Josh Harris to make a move already and fire Ron Rivera? Uh, I think uh, I think that would be a good idea, but it's the whole thing of starting all over again. I'll tell you this. I was all set to go to a game and then watching, what was it, 27-3, 28-3 yeah. at halftime? I mean – I was ready to throw shoes at the, at the TV. I mean, I, I just <laughs> was so upset. It was, it was like, wait a minute, isn't this the team that we were going to kill? Aren't they the 31st ranked team? Right. And we're, we're up to 18. As a matter of fact, there were other two and two teams that were ranked 12. And I'm saying, what happened? Yeah. Well, what happened was Ron Rivera didn't inspire anyone with a pregame speech and then at halftime chose to not speak to the players, let the players speak to themselves. And I'm thinking, when I heard that, I, I, I wanted him fired immediately when I heard that. This is not Ted Lasso. This is not a television program for sports here. I, this is the NFL. And if you have nothing to say, then get the hell out. I felt the exact same way. I said, I hope he's going to come on and say, yeah, I let those guys know you know, what they had to do, and they, they just, you know, there's going to be some helmets flying. And, and when he said that statement, I said, God, that's just, just the way he's looking on the side. How can you be the coach and just fold your arms and walk around and look like, mm, we're down by three. I guess we're going to come back a little bit. And what's sad is that we did come back, but then, you know, those mistakes he talked about already of not going for it and, missing a field goal, I mean, everything. Uh, and, and I knew after 28 points, there was no way they were going to only score three points in the next, uh, you know, two quarters. So it was, it was over. It was over. But now, you know, is the season over? I mean, you, you like to think after five games that we still, have, we still have time and we do usually come back. But I right. think it's going to be another eight and eight, eight and well, nine kind of thing, well, you know. Right. And that's what's so interesting is that this is a this is a fluid situation here where like most ownership groups they say oh you're two and three that's not a terrible record we can come back from that but this is you're an ownership group replacing Dan Snyder and with a with a coach that honestly should have been fired last year and, and you just said it there Dad there are a hundred thousand people out in the DMV saying themselves saying the same thing to themselves damn I wanted to go to a game this year. Not anymore. 
Not anymore. Why would I spend my hard-earned money to deal with the traffic and the long lines uh, of going to FedEx Field and, and pay for the cash lot and then get in there and see the team you know, lay an egg? And so that's why I think Josh Harris might be forced to do something to light a fire under these guys here uh, because the fan base is upset and it is going to affect his bottom line if people don't want to go to games anymore or buy tickets or merchandise or anything. He's got to do something. Well, I'm just sick and tired of watching 30- and 40-yard passes go flying and then see, okay, let me, let me think, where, are, where is our defense? Oh, um, he's nine feet behind. No, he's 11 feet behind. Oh, look, he's only six feet behind. And it's like, that's the best we can do? I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be catching passes and going another 20 yards and getting the touchdowns. And, you know, that start of that game was, was one of the most sickening starts in, in the last 10, 15 years. It was, yeah, uh, it was horrifying. It, it reminded me of the Monday night massacre that we were both at when I came in a t-shirt that said Donovan McNasty on the back and it started raining and we got destroyed by the Eagles like 56-14, to 14, and it felt like that. You cannot have an embarrassing home loss like that. That is the worst defeat. And it's just so typical with this team, Dad. We've seen this year after year after year. Why are we so bad on prime time? Why are we so bad on prime time? It tells me it has to do with coaching, right? They don't get, in, they don't get inspired to come out and play, ever. It, it, it just happens to be almost like, oh, no, we're on Thursday night. Oh, no, we're on Sunday night. Oh, no, we're on Monday night. And have we lost 90% of those games in the last 10, 15 years? Yeah, I mean, we just it seems lose, like it. lose, lose. Uh, something's got to happen. Uh, you know, hopefully they're, they're watching the, the game and they're, they're starting to think, well, maybe uh, maybe we should change a little bit on the defense. The other thing was was so sad is that this great defensive line. Where were they? You know, why did we give him so much time to just throw that ball? And yet our quarterback is bombed down within two three seconds. There's three guys coming at him, and I thought he did pretty darn well. With uh, I mean, I couldn't believe I saw in the paper. I think it was today or yesterday that. He was the highest, um, you know, he had the most yards uh, of, of all uh, all the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. He was no, he's looked good. He, he's, I mean, he's been a bright spot. The problem is is that we drafted two offensive linemen. They're not making an impact. We drafted two defensive players. They're not making an impact. So it's just everything Ron Rivera has done recently is just not working. And so that's why I think they do need to make a move. Dad, I thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it. Uh, you can get back to your sure. busy schedule the rest of the day here, but uh, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.